If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof, the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. Give them a call, plus 44-1273-733-433, or fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact. Alternatively, you can talk to either Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be happy to help. Now, today I'm joined by Jason Woodford, CEO at Site Visibility. Jason, how are you? Hi, Andy. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. This is slightly strange. This is very strange. And as you know, Andy, we've got a surprise today, haven't we? Sort of a surprise. Uh, is this the point where I'm supposed to um, sort of behave a bit like someone off This Is Your Life when um, Eamon Andrews <laughs> has suddenly appeared or, or ripped off some sort of disguise and says, you thought you were here today to do a podcast, but today... This is your life. Most of our listeners are probably too young to remember that. To be honest, Andy, I'm really hoping that that's what it looks like back at your <laughs> at, at your ranch. 
Yeah, today I'm going to be interviewing you about podcasting. Oh, no. And, uh, I'm really hoping that you're going to share some of your own experience from the, I think it's been 12 years that you've been in the game of podcasting. And I think uh, our listeners could really learn a few things from what you've learned about over that time. Are you up for that? I'm up for that, although I must uh, inform my listeners that I did have a slight um, mishap a couple of days ago and completely lost my memory, so I don't know anything about podcasting anymore. I slipped and fell on some ice. Uh, oh, dear. oh, dear. Well, it could be a short podcast then. <laughs> sorry, so, uh, sorry. listen, the joke is that it's been extremely hot and sunny the last few weeks in, in the UK, so sleeping on ice is completely ridiculous. Anyway, sorry, Jason, carry on. Andy, I think um, everyone, you're usually interviewing our interviewees and you often ask them a question about something special about them. I was just wondering, could you tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of any uh, interesting facts about Andy White beyond podcasting? Oh, God. Which, oh, are they allowed to be rude or can they? have they got to be sort of family friendly? I suppose they really they should be family friendly, shouldn't they? Um, uh, yeah, they're going to be internet marketing friendly. Uh, Maybe you can tell us about uh, the American rugby player who pinned you down in your Brazilian jiu-jitsu episode. <laughs> BJJ. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been a BJJ practitioner for two years now. BJJ standing for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Been a martial artist on and off since I was at university, which is thousands of years ago because I'm very old. Uh, then had a big long break of about 15 years and then took up Brazilian jiu-jitsu at the ripe old age of 55. Yes, that's quite old to start a martial art, isn't it? But I really love it because it's a grappling martial art. It's not like striking and hitting and going, Kaya! You just sort of quietly grapple with people and grapple them to the ground and then try and submit them, which is quite good fun. You wanted hey. to know about being <laughs> being Americanered by an American rugby player. You, you don't need to go into that detail, Andy. I think everyone's got the picture. He was British, I, I, anyway. It wasn't, it wasn't American. Was Americana is a, a shoulder lock. It's one way of submitting your opponent. This was in the one and only competition I've been in, which is the Brighton Open about a year ago. Uh, it was right. all over very quickly. Well, you know what we've got to do now? We've got to do some outreach to the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community oh, to yeah. find one of their heroes on the podcasting world. Yeah, if, if there are any BJJ practitioners out there listening, man, we're BJJ brothers. I'm developing the thick BJJ neck, the uh, neck problems, the joint problems, and all the usual stuff that goes with BJJ. Hey, Andy, I'm going to have to stop you there because yeah. uh, you're 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 going going off on a on a tangent on and a BJJ the, tangent. <laughs> as the interviewer, I've got to get you down to the rough and dirty of podcasting. And, yeah, you know, you've been doing this for a while. How did you actually find out about podcasting? Uh, 2005 Christmas, I decided that my tech Christmas present to myself, which has been a tradition now for over two decades, would be an iPod. Uh, I nearly said iPad, an iPod, which of course is the uh, Apple's listening, music listening device. Uh, And because I had an iPod, I got into iTunes. I got onto Mac about six months prior to that. And as I was looking around iTunes, I did notice this little setting, this little menu item on the left-hand side. Things, it had things like sort of, you know, radio, streaming radio. That was fairly obvious. Um, mm. My music, that's fairly obvious. And podcasting, what was it? Pod, podcast, what's a podcast? So I discovered podcasts and iTunes, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to get uh, an iPod, because I thought, oh, these are quite good, these podcast things. I can listen to them on the move and learn loads of stuff. So that was my introduction to what a podcast was. Okay, and uh, hopefully you've kept that uh, iPod, because I reckon it's probably worth a fortune on, uh, on eBay now. Uh, First generation iPod. I, I know. I think I gave it to my daughter. 
I think she's still got it. I don't know what she, she's probably using it as a doorstop or something. So what we're going to try and explore today is that we're actually going to try and share some tips. And the idea is that there may be some listeners who are thinking about starting their own podcast yeah. and uh, want to, at the tail end of the interview, sort of map out what, how do you start? How do you get started? And we're, we're name checking some some actual products and some processes that might be useful to listeners. Yeah. So we will, we will get into some uh, some factual, useful um, hopefully slightly entertaining content uh, really shortly. But yeah. since 2005, and certainly since we started the podcast together back in 2006, you know, podcasting has had its ups and downs. I remember there was one time when, when we actually thought about shutting it down. We thought podcasting was dead probably about six years ago. Mm. And um, But it's since had a resurgence. And I just wondered, Andy, wh- why do you think podcasting is successful? Why, why is it still growing? What is it that's drawing people towards podcasting? And where are they coming from? It's funny when, because uh, I always think of, two, of about two thousand and five as the year that podcasting sort of started. It might have been a bit earlier, but certainly in the UK it was two thousand and five, and I didn't really get going until two thousand and six. I think it might have been a bit before its time. It was um, the technology was there to do it. There was a lot of talk about citizen journalism, about people making their own programs. That might have been a bit before its time. People couldn't understand what an RSS feed was. There wasn't a really, apart from iTunes, there wasn't an easy way to find podcasts and to consume them. Nevertheless, the hardcore people did start consuming them. There was a bit of a spike at first, and then there was a bit of a dip. And then we saw this kind of resurgence, I don't know, three, four years ago, where they became a bit more popular. A few things were happening. There was uh, Apple had got an iTunes player sort of built into their operating system. We saw a proliferation of apps that would let you listen to podcasts. It wasn't sort of just iTunes anymore. It was like different things. And I think the availability went up. And I think people just started to get it a bit more. I mean, people were getting used to things like Netflix, sort of on-demand, you know, TV programs, videos. And I think the whole idea of an on-demand consumption was getting a bit more familiar in people's minds. And I think that the resurgence we saw n years ago, however many years ago it was now, was probably the proper start of podcast consumption. And certainly, if you look at the stats, that would sort of back that up. So, sorry, have I answered your question? Because I've gone off on a tangent again, haven't I? No, I think I, I think I think you have. I mean, I'd probably add to that around um, you know Wi-Fi becoming available on every street corner, and you know three G moving to four G, sort of let you let you listen. It was realistic to listen to your yeah. your uh, podcast on the train on the way to work, for example. One yes. of the cra- one of the craziest things I've I've noticed is how podcasting has become a media channel in itself. You've got media buyers out there. You've got brands that want to present themselves uh, on podcasts. How do you see that as a a bit of a sort of a moment in history when when podcasting sort of grew up. I don't know. I've always had. Um, there's always been in my mind. There's always been this kind of confusion uh, between uh, podcasting as a channel and podcasting as just a way of getting content out. I always get slightly irritated when I hear people say, um, "Welcome to the." Um, Sorry, I'm going to choose Underpants as a title because I always choose that. It's ridiculous. But welcome to the Underpants podcast. Uh, And on today's podcast, we're going to be covering blah, 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 blah. And uh, these podcasts are, you know, uh, once a week. People use the word podcast. Why don't they just say show? 
uh, on today's show. I, I mean, yeah. I'm guilty of this. I used to say, uh, welcome to the Internet Marketing Podcast. I, I try and use the word show these. Uh, podcasting is just a way of getting stuff out there. Yeah, um, It's just a, a channel, if you like. Paul Colligan's a big, adv- big advocate of this. He, he always calls it a channel. I would like to hear people saying the word podcast less than just calling it a show because, you know, it could be on, you know, it could become, go through a different channel later. It's just audio content, but it's yeah. going through the podcasting channel. And really, the only thing that makes it a podcast is the RSS feed. Yeah, and no, I definitely agree with that, calling it a show. Yeah. So we've got to uh, inform, educate, and possibly entertain Andy. I feel, I feel like um, uh, Leo Laporte, because Leo Laporte never was keen on the word podcast. And he wanted to call them netcasts. I just like to call them show. Let's be generic. This is a this is the internet marketing show. Right. So the show started, Andy. You're going to tell us now. Yeah. How do people discover podcasts? Because I I read a report recently uh, from Infinite Dial, which said that 36 percent of the U.S. population still don't know what a podcast is. So. Those guys have never discovered the joy of podcasts or podcasting yeah. or listening to podcasts. Yeah, it's horrific. How do people find out about it? Well, if you're a geek and you're into audio and you're a bit of a exhibitionist like like I was, it's kind of automatic because you'll just magnetate to it. But we've had people discover podcasts. I, th- I think really for most people it depends on the – I'm going to contradict myself now – but the brand, quote, unquote, podcast or podcasting, unquote, becoming more known in the general psyche and there are different there, there are more ways of discovering it there's more ways of finding it we've got these apps we've got a diff, we've got a proliferation of platforms i know we've got audio boom now doing podcasts spotify now doing podcasts it's it's built into the you know, the, the mac operating system now i think yeah. it's just that has made it more discoverable uh, people still go on iTunes. I mean, iTunes was the first place where you could look for podcasts if you knew where to look. Um, but yeah. I just think there's more opportunity now, and I would hope that that 36% will grow. It'll never go down to zero, but it would be nice if it just crept down a bit more, maybe down to 20 or so percent. I suspect that's where some of the growth is going to come from, Yeah, from audiences that maybe they're not on those technical platforms. But, they, you know, they might discover it, as you say, through through brands or through sort of existing traditional media mm. organizations like lots of you know, radio shows have their own podcasts or radio presenters have their own podcasts. Yeah, we can thank the BBC. The BBC have been brilliant because BBC have embraced podcasts from a, well, I forget exactly how many years, but, you know, that they most, or I say a lot of their radio shows are now available as podcasts. So they, hats yeah. off to the BBC. Thank you, BBC. Yeah, we've got a lot, a lot to thank the BBC for. Um, we've got a lot to thank Apple for. I mean, they, they, they've only got, I read that 35% of the market in the UK um, is with the iPhone. Mm. But, you know, we're talking about iTunes and the iPhone and iPods, but there, there are lots of other channels to discover podcasts through. You know, if you're on an Android phone, for example, how, how do you discover a podcast? And this is useful in terms of platform choice for potential podcasters. Yeah. You know, if you're on an Android phone, how would you listen to a podcast if you've not got access to iTunes? Well, I'm an Android. I've been Android now for a few years, and I think I think a lot of people they will just Google. They'll they'll like put, they'll put in the subject followed by the word podcast, and that's a very good still a very good way of doing it. There are quite a few Android apps I use. Um, which one do I use? I use Pocket Casts, 
which costs about the same as a couple of cups of coffee. Um, I really like that. When I was on the i uh, the the iPhone, I my favorite one uh, podcasting listening app was uh, the the very inappropriately named Downcast, which is a bit of, bit of, bit of a unfortunate name, but it was actually a really really nice app, and I used to love Downcast. But yeah, I think just searching on on um, Google, just googling it is is a, yeah. a good way of finding. And Google is a you know you can do that on iPhone or Android or Google. Good old Google. Uh, what about, I mean, Spotify, when Spotify came and started to distribute podcasts, yeah. that was a big moment in the industry, wasn't yeah. it? It was very big. In fact, I um, I was on Spotify. I've been a Spotify member for about a year and a bit now, a couple of years. And I was quite surprised when I saw podcasts on there. And I wasn't sure when it started. I think it was back in 2015. So it's, yeah. it's been there for about three years. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I was saying earlier, there's a proliferation of platforms now where you can submit your podcast or your RSS feed for your podcast and uh, be that little bit more findable because people will search for stuff on, on Spotify. I always think of Spotify, things like Spotify and iTunes and Audio Boom. That's another place where you can find podcasts now. Mixcloud. Yeah. I always think of those as ring fenced searches. Um, yeah. So you know, as well as the sort of unring fenced searching on Google or browser insert browser of your choice, you've got the ring fenced ones, which are Spotify or been. But a lot of people will search on on these, so it's worth being there as well. Yeah, Kelvin did a great presentation at the Inbounder back in 2017, where he detailed all of the technology, the platforms, and the how-to answers to the how-to questions on a slide share. So we'll stick that link to the slide share in the show notes, shall we, Andy? Yeah, fantastic. That'd be really good. Andy, we've known each other now for over 12, oh, probably about 11 years now. Yeah. So I, I think I can call you Dr. Pod. You can do if you want. Okay. So Dr. Pod. What's on the horizon for podcasters? So if, we're, if you're thinking about creating your own podcast right now, or if you're looking at rejuvenating your existing podcast, what sort of things should we be planning for? What should we be looking for? It's always difficult to predict the future. However, I'm going to have a go. Uh, I think we're going to see the consumption trends continuing to rise. They're not going to rise forever. They're probably going to sort of level out at some point most things follow an s curve in nature and business uh, and in human endeavor so i don't think we've reached the top of the s curve yet but we might start to see us slowing down at some point where it sort of evens out a bit and that that percentage that have never heard of a podcast might go down to i don't know the low 20s or even the below 20 percent hey andy yeah i'm sorry to jump in dr pod but I, i've got to challenge you there yeah because i think africa is going to be the next big growth market for podcasting you know when you've got the uh, wi-fi delivered via drone across africa yeah you know, that whole continent is, is, is really growing from an economic perspective yeah and access to the internet that's true i think it's just going to make the s curve a bit more elongated yeah. um but yeah that's that's quite possibly a, a massive market there's certainly a lot more podcasts than there were a few years ago so it's a bit more difficult to to get seen we are seeing some very sort of high production value podcasts coming out uh the bar is being raised but i don't think that that is a reason for people to to not podcast i think they should still podcast try and get the quality as good as you can um yeah it's always difficult to predict I would suspect that consumption will get slightly easier as more apps come online and knowledge of podcasting increases. 
So, Andy, I just got handed this uh, piece of research from Infinite Dial. Yeah. They did a bit of research on top trends in podcasting in 2018. Yeah. It was fairly recent. They did a survey of 2,000 people in the U.S. I know the world is bigger than the U.S. We've got listeners in Canada and New Zealand and uh, even on the island of Togo in the middle of the Pacific. Yeah. And, but using that as a benchmark, 2,000 U.S. citizens aged 12 plus in, in February 2018, they said that 26% listened to a podcast in the last month. So that's still quite low. Lots of scope for growth there. Mm. But 80% of people listen to most or all of the podcasts. Mm. So people are sticking around and listening to it. They're not sort of jumping all over the place. You know, we've got their attention once they're into a podcast. But the big trends were in-car listening. You know, most cars have got connected media now. And uh, when you're in a car, you can't start banging away on your on your iPhone. Mm. So the the second trend is voice search and smart, you know, connected with the car or connected with uh, smart speakers in the home. And I think that's a key a key message for everyone yeah. that you need to design your podcast so that it can be picked up by voice search. Yeah. So that's a big thing that's on the horizon, and it's probably affecting listenership across the across the across iTunes in terms of you know people are searching using their smart speakers. Is there anything else that you can think of that's on the horizon for podcasters? I don't know about on the horizon, but I think one of the probably the most important um, sort of trends we've seen is the rise of mobile. I think more and more people are listening on the move, and it does lend itself. I mean, an audio podcast is a background process, and it's brilliant for listening to while driving safely, of course, or cycling, or running, or waiting at the bus stop, or indeed mowing the lawn. That's right. Wasn't that the, a Kiwi contacted us and said he, yeah. he listens to the podcast all on his lawnmower, mowing yeah. his yeah. acres of farmland? Yeah, I think it was a, a chap from New Zealand who says, I listen. Personally, I can't, I can't believe his lawnmower, he sits on a lawnmower, was quiet enough for him to listen, but apparently he listened while mowing the lawn. My favourite were the guys up in Alaska who are on the, uh, the crab fishing boats who, uh, when, when they've got downtime, they listen to the podcast in the middle of the Bering Straits. That's absolutely <laughs> awesome to just to imagine that. It's brilliant. Yeah. So, so people listen to podcasts while they're on the move. So you need to be thinking about um, how they're going to consume that. How much time have they got when they're on the move? Is it a twenty-minute commute, for example, mm. uh, or is it a two-hour lawn mowing ride? Mm. So, and that that that's really important in terms of designing it for the audience. Definitely. So you know we're a marketing agency, Andy, as you know, and. Um, you know, we do our podcasting as part of our overall brand building. But sometimes podcasts, and increasingly podcasts, can be actually used in marketing campaigns for brands. Have you got any, are there any examples or any stories in that area that, uh, you know, to show that this is actually happening right now? Now, I think at this point, i going to point you to, the, there was, a, I think it was episode 428 of, of our podcast, and the guest was Phil Singleton, and he had quite a a nice, uh, innovative sort of uh, use of the podcasting platform as a way of um, promoting his various causes. So I would refer you to that one, episode 428. Honestly, that's one of my favorite podcasts. It's just such common sense about using using your podcast as a core part of your content marketing. Yeah. And uh, no, definitely recommend number 428. Or more specifically, using other people's podcasts, which is very clever. Absolutely. So, Andy, you've probably listened to hundreds of podcasts, possibly thousands in your time. What's your, what's your favorite show format? So we're currently doing an interview. You know, mm. what do you think? Which one is the most engaging? Which one's the easiest to produce or maybe the hardest to produce? 
I'm going to stick to my guns because I've always said that um, the interview, I think, is the... Well, it's certainly my favourite, and I think it's also a very effective format, uh, as long as you ask the right questions. Um, it's also, I think, very easy to produce. So I would, I would go with the, um, the interview. My least favourite is things that really annoy me on podcasts is where you've just got two people riffing they keep going off subject, and there's lots of in-jokes at which they keep laughing at, and you don't understand why they're laughing. I hold my hand up. I am guilty of this myself from time to time, but it really annoys me when I'm listening to, to it. Oh, God, Andy. Well, I hope we haven't been doing that uh, during this podcast. I'm hope trying not. to be really strict with you. But you're, a difficult, you're a difficult guy to manage. I know. I, I'm a bit like a herd of cats, aren't I? <laughs> you, you, you are the herd of cats, definitely. Um, but in a very nice way. So over the, over the years, you must it kind of all been perfect. There must have been some funny moments. Any 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 anything that you can remember that um, you might want to share? Um, not. But that, well, there's always a few funny moments. Unfortunately, I can't remember any of them. But there's there's things where people, usually me, fluff up. Or say yeah. the wrong word. There was one episode where a lady I was interviewing uh, said a very unfortunate phrase without without intending to, which, if you could hear it, would be very unfortunate. Andy, um, you're so, you're so discreet, Andy. I am. Well, I'm only being discreet because I can't remember specifically what she said, but it was quite funny at the time. Of course, it ended up not being used. Uh, this, I'm, I've made loads of mistakes. There was there was one hideous. Um, interview that i did it wasn't actually with this podcast it was another one i was doing where i had failed to do my research and i was interviewing um, this lady and i asked her a question which was had i done my research was completely the wrong question to ask uh, she got rather upset the the rest of the interview uh, the, the chemistry between us went south and Basically, the interview, were, <laughs> interview was unusable. Oh, dear. So I, that just, just had to be completely binned. Um, yeah, what else has gone wrong? Uh, there are episodes where I've lost recordings. That has happened twice. What about when the flock of seagulls flew into the room in, a, in, our, in our old office? Um, I don't remember specifically a flock of seagulls coming into the room, but I do remember several episodes where the, it was really hot, the window was wide open, and um, all you could hear was, it wasn't a flock of seagulls, I think it was a flock of school mums. <laughs> with their with their kids, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, some, sometimes those can sort of turn into part of the brand, can't they? I, I always can. feel like our podcast, being based in Brighton in the UK, yeah. right by the sea, you know, seagulls in the background, yeah, makes a makes a lot of sense. But I guess the lesson from what you just said is that planning's everything. You gotta gotta plan your content, unless you're a super clever riffer. Yes, I mean riff, riffing has its place, but I think you should have at least a skeleton of some research, so you know a little bit about your person. You, you, you've got some sort of script, so you know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. And um, don't worry if you do fluff up; you've always got the pause, and you can you can always edit at the end. So, only we're going to get into the meat here. So, this is where the pens and papers come out when you're uh, when you're hopefully in the office and not driving to work. But if uh, if if I'm thinking, if a, a listener's thinking about uh, actually starting their own podcast, which is easier than than you might imagine to get started, you know, let's let's run through some of the the next steps in sequential order mm. for how how do you get started in podcasting? Let's just hit the major. The, the major things here without getting bogged down too much i would yeah, say just... um i would say i think the very first point is have you got something you want to talk about and you're i'm not going to use the passionate word because I'm, that's another word that irritates me 
if you've got something that really floats your boat and you want to talk about, even better if someone probably wants to listen to it and even better again if that thing that you want to talk about is going to help promote your business because you don't have to be in business to have a podcast you might just want to riff about something and talk about something that is very important to you if the answer to all those questions is yes you might then want to think about things you need to do before you launch your podcast which i'll come to in a second or you might want to do what i did and just go straight ahead and do some kind of pilot and see what it sounds like and use that as a starting point if you do want to do some pre-launch things you want to be thinking about certainly if you're in business and it's, it's a business podcast you might want to be thinking about branding the podcast possibly a logo although you may want to use your business logo how you would describe it, because you'll need all these things for the RSS feed. Uh, a certain amount of planning, um, you know, do you want it to be a daily show, a weekly show, a monthly show, a quarterly show? A certain amount of research, you might do some basic research on the area, a competitor analysis, what podcasts are already out there. Really think a lot about the title, try and get that right from the start if you can. Our example of um, smart speaker friendly or you know smart assistant friendly titles is really important. So think about that as well. You might want to think about uh, marketing things like keyword research, topic research, audience research. You might want to think about if it's a, if it's um, a podcast where you interview people. You might want to think about some potential guests you could line up, and then you might have some technical considerations like where are you going to host your podcast files. You know, there's a few to think of. There's there's Libsyn, which is one of the first ones. Uh, there's Acast, which will insert um, adverts. The SoundCloud, which are now doing uh, hod- uh, podcast hosting. And then you might want to think about your audio chain, the things that you're using locally, like your mic. I like Shure mics. Rode mics are quite good. Um, how are you going to record? Are you going to record it on your computer or are you going to get a separate recorder? Where you might get your stuff from? I love GAC, gac.co.uk. That's where I get a lot of my gear from. And how are you going to edit it? Are you going to use a free editor such as Audacity, which is available on all operating systems, or are you going to use something a bit more advanced like Logic on the Mac and various other editors on on Windows? Um, And then, as I say, I I would just do a pilot, just record a a pilot and see what it sounds like. You know, do, do, you know, a a couple of episodes maybe maybe three at that point you might think well yeah i want to i want to do this and it's at that point that you would want to uh make sure they sound good nicely edited convert them into an mp3 file which is a a tenth of the size of a wav file but it sounds almost identical to the human ear and then get them hosted on a platform such as libsyn or acast or soundcloud and that platform will give you this, this rss feed which points to all the episodes and it's that that you would then submit to podcast directories such as itunes or spreaker or stitcher or you know wherever you want to submit it to the more the better really that's brilliant andy in a nutshell there's there's lots of little details but in a nutshell that's kind of where you want to go and then it's just a case of carrying on try and be as consistent as you can and get feedback. Um, two sorts of feedback. Human feedback is always good. So in, try and encourage that where you can. But also, depending on the platform you're using, they will give you various 
types of um, analysis. It's, diff- it's a difficult to, to know exactly how many people are listening, but they will give you a sort of download analysis, which will give you an indication of how well you're doing. So that's what I would do. It's really just on, on that point, you've just given us in five minutes the benefit of 12 years of your knowledge. So thanks for that, Andy. Mm, but pleasure. in terms of getting the feedback, we really struggle to get feedback on iTunes. You know, we might get one or two a month. Yeah. Um, are there any other tools or techniques to get feedback? There's one thing that I've, I've heard a lot of podcasters do, which I, I slightly frown on, but you may not. I've heard podcasters on their show saying, uh, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, encouraging a five-star review. And when they do give a Ouch. five-star review, they, they get mentioned on the podcast. I think that's a bit naughty. Because I think it's skewing the the thing, but I don't think there's anything wrong with encouraging people to give reviews uh, by some means or another. Maybe give them, I don't know, a freebie. But encouraging a five star review, I think, is a bit naughty. I think that's even for uh, a marketer. I think that's a bit naughty. Yeah, I think definitely for a marketer, actually, that that is a bit naughty. So you should you should earn the reviews. And the, the unfortunate thing is, we've not got the contact details of all the people listening to our podcast, so we can't directly ask them. So I guess you just got to do a great job, entertain the audience, give them what they want, and uh, ask politely for a, re- for a review. The other thing is that what a lot of uh, podcasters do, I think this is legit, and it's pro- possibly a good idea if you've got the time, they have some kind of um, professional or plus membership where you supply your details, including an email address, of course, and, but you get more. So maybe you get a longer show, maybe it's a higher... Uh, bit rate feed so that it sounds a bit better or just more content that is another nice way of doing it but you need the time to be able to produce the long show and then you just snip it down for the shorter free so you basically have a, a free show and an even better sort of uh, usually paid for um, show but and also you can capture the email addresses and details of your listeners that way as well um, don't expect the proportion to be massive you know, you might have like you know, 99% free and 1% will go for the paid or plus membership. Yeah. So, hey, thanks very much, Dr. Pod. You've been fantastic and uh, really enjoyed talking to you and flipping the roles a little bit here. You, you've, you've been a pleasure to interview. Um, I'll give you the £10 later. Yeah. <laughs> so if you just had one tip for the audience, this is how you normally round off the podcast. It is. One key tip or takeaway for the audience today, what, what would it be? Um, it's going to be, I would say, if you're thinking of doing a podcast, just do a pilot. Just just mess up. I nearly swore then. I was going to use a word beginning with F and ending with T. Uh, that is really J-F-D-I. Uh, which, is a, which is an en- English way of saying um, <laughs> a, a, a bottom poop. Just do it. Uh, a farting around. Uh, I, you just, just have a go and do it. I've, I've got this saying. I'm going to use, uh, tone down the language slightly, but uh, basically my saying is, uh, if you want something really good, start off with something a bit pants and then incrementally make it less pants and after a certain amount of time, it will actually be quite good. That's the way I started. If you listen to episode one of Internet Marketing, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, just just do something and incrementally make it better. Everyone's capable of learning. The Japanese have this wonderful word, keizen, which I believe, I've probably got some Japanese listeners now who can correct me if I'm wrong. I think keizen basically means what I just said. You start off with something a bit rubbish and you incrementally improve it uh, to the point where it actually gets rather good. Um, yeah. So I, I would say just have a go. Do a, do a bit of a pilot first and worry about all the technical bits and pieces and setting up afterwards if you decide to carry on with it. Solid advice there, Andy. Thank, yeah. 
Thanks very much. And of course, if any listeners want some want some specific help, I'm sure they can contact either you or or myself. I'd be ha- really happy to help. Yes, most definitely. So, Andy, um, how can our listeners find out more about you? Uh, let me see. So, um, I have a few web um, properties. <laughs> um, you could go to www.andywhite.org which is about me as a sort of human being. It's very, very, it's very brief, sort of plain text website. Uh, loads nice and fast because it's a static site, getting technical there. You could go to my business, which is www.wireworldmedia.co.uk. Um, haven't touched that website for a long time, a little bit out of date, but you'll get a bit more information there. We used to be called Summit Solutions. We still are, but we trade as Wireworld Media these days. That's probably the best place to find me. Uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. I tend to use my Doctor Pod moniker, so it's Doctor spelled out fully. D O C T O R P O D. Uh, that's what I am on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Thighbook or Facebook, because I I tend to call it Thighbook these days. Don't ask me why. Just a silly joke. Um, yeah, that's where you're going to find me online. Thanks very much, Andy. It's an absolute pleasure, and now I can do my standard outro after having yeah. been interviewed. God, I've never yeah. spoken so much on another episode. Hang on a minute. So thanks for listening, everyone. Um, the show notes, including that link to Kelvin's slideshow, will be in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. Um, if you're enjoying the show, as we said earlier, please leave us a review, an honest review with as many stars or as few stars as you like. We like reviews because it does help us to get the message out a bit more. It makes us a bit more findable on iTunes, so that would be great. Reviews are great, not just on iTunes, but on any app, actually. Um, if you've got suggestions or questions, uh, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. So that's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Jason. Thanks very much, Andy. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. If you want to understand how marketing is changing and how that will affect your brand, you need Future Proof the podcast from Kantar that tells you how to find growth. Created in conjunction with Side Business School at Oxford University, the Future Proof podcast provides a unique perspective on what truly makes a difference. To understand what's winning in marketing, subscribe to Future Proof, a Kantar podcast now. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.